the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we just got done exploring the folklore of witches and broomsticks in a very racy way. <laughs> and uh, dare we say titillating? I don't know. <laughs> Buttilating, maybe? There was a lot of butt stuff in that episode. We probably should have put a specific trigger warning. <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, we are dive. We hope you enjoyed that one because we're keeping the Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> I like that. Leave it in. Well, we're keeping the Hall <laughs> the Halloween train rolling. And shout out to anybody who just got their great seasonal nickname. Uh, we talked about giving ourselves spooky nicknames. So I would like to uh, get some suggestions for the audience. For now, I'm Ben. Yes, we talked about this. Uh, Super producer Casey Pegram. I think we're all big fans of the um, Simpsons Halloween special Treehouse of Horror credit names. Yes. Isn't one of them just like dead in the middle? Yes. You know, like, yeah. Instead of Ed. Oh, Ed. Okay. So that does have to rhyme or be connected in some way. So my middle name is Christian. How about this? Noel Satan Brown. Ooh. Mm -hmm. There we go. There we okay. go. Okay. All right. Uh, I was thinking, I had a list somewhere, but obviously I've lost it. Uh, I was thinking Casey Crypt Keeper Pegram. Hey, I like the Crypt Keeper. That's pretty good. Too. Got the alliteration going. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. It also implies that you're sort of an administrative role. Right. I think the rules are it needs to have alliteration or be a pun or rhyme. I think those are like our three tiers. And uh, I think Noel Satan Brown sounds pretty cool, too. Like, uh, like people's actual name is evil. Anyway, we're doing, we're doing spooky stuff. Uh, you can't see our Zoom call today, but I am very conscious, gentlemen, of your hands. Because today, uh, this show is all about 
hands in a very, very grisly way because we know that if you are a fan of fairy tales or fantasies or horror stories, then you're familiar with the idea of magical items, right? Didn't we do an episode on grimoires here? Or is that stuff they don't want you to know? Yeah, it, it all blurs together, Ben. That might have been stuff they don't want you to know. Grimoire is not uh, ringing a podcast bell for me. Yeah, well, we're going to get into that in this one. And, uh, you know, if you want a little bit of uh, of a precursor, you should go check out the uh, Stuff They Don't Want You To Know episode on Grimoires. Yeah, a Grimoire is a, a magical work. You know, uh, it's, a, it's a book of spells or a uh, book of incantations, instructions, and so on. And they're real. Ben, a quick point of order. You know, some people say memoir mm -hmm. and some people say memoir. Mm -hmm. Do some people say grimoire and some people say grimoire? Probably. Yeah, definitely. Casey is nodding. I think that's the thing. Yeah. With earnestness. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we also see stories of magical clothing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but as it turns out, these stories aren't just made up by some especially creative authors hallucinating or something. Human history is chock full of real life things that were, and in some cases still are, considered imbued with magic powers. In fact, there are so many more than you might assume. In today's episode, we're going to explore one of the most morbid magical items in human history, the Hand of Glory. Doesn't sound so bad. That sounds kind of nice. Yeah. It sounds like maybe the hand that uh, makes the winning pitch in a baseball game or something. Exactly. Years later, there's some guy in, in a bar somewhere, and he's holding up his hand, and he's like, this is the hand that won the World Series, the hand of glory. Everything it touches is imbued with like a holy golden light. Mm -hmm. And light does play a role. Like, okay, this is a weirdly specific one. Think of it this way. Let's say you are a uh, professional second story artist somewhere in medieval Europe. I am a professional second story artist. Are you familiar with that term? No. It's it's a it's a euphemism for a thief. Oh, wait. I, I'm sorry. Okay, I don't want to derail it too quickly. But sec, what is that? Where did what is the reference? It's the idea that you would break into the second story of a building. Got it. Get that five finger discount. Mm hmm. With them glory hands. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Let's say that you're a second story artist, you're a thief in medieval Europe, and you are set to pull a life-changing heist. There's only one problem. There are dozens of people inside this building, and you have to make sure that they do not wake up when you break in and that they're asleep for long enough for you to get away safely. Luckily, you have a special piece of equipment from a thief, someone who tried a job like this weeks, days, or even centuries ago. Yeah, uh, it's true. And that that piece of kit that, that in question here is the Hand of Glory, which is a severed, preserved, mummified, shriveled hand formerly belonging to an executed criminal, uh, particularly the left hand. And we talked about this off mic last week. I am left-handed in that I write with my left hand. I do pretty much everything else with my right hand. It has so few occasions these days to actually write. Hold on, hold on, though. Moment of appreciation for the for the sentence, I write with my left hand. That's a good one. That's a good one. That should go on a ridiculous history shirt that you can buy one day at tpublic.com. But, uh, you know, other than like signing, <laughs> signing credit card receipts, I don't write very much anymore. Everything's 
bashed out on this uh, antiquated Apple keyboard that I have that sounds like machine gun fire whenever I type. But I digress. The point is, I, I think it's interesting that like redheads and left-handed people somehow are evil or, or get lumped into this idea of, of being sinister or wicked in some way. Right. I mean, just look at the etymology of the word sinister. Uh, so the interesting thing here is, yeah, the left hand was usually preferred for the hand of glory, but you'll also see accounts that say it must be the pickled, amputated right hand of a criminal. Here's the thing. In general, if you are looking to make a hand of glory, it depends on the crime for which the criminal was executed. If they are executed for being a murderer, then you want to find the hand that has done the deed, right? And that's the hand you need. That's the magically powerful hand. This concept of cutting off someone's hand and ritualistically preserving it for magical purposes dates at least as far back as the 1600s. That's when we see the folkloric hand of glory mentioned. It's mentioned in a book. <laughs> I thought you guys would love this. It's mentioned in a, a book called the Petit Albert, the Little Albert. It is a grimoire. It is the cutest name for a book of dark magic that I have ever seen. Uh, it's it's a compendium of uh, folk magic, alchemical lore, and Kabbalistic invocations, enchantments, and so on uh, from France. And this was published. It was distributed in different languages across Europe. The thing about this book is uh, our pal Little Albert has a step-by-step -step guide on creating a hand of glory. Boy, does he ever. And it's delightfully um, detailed. Um, it goes as, as, as such. Take the right hand or the left hand. He doesn't care. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to have a preference. You know, uh, foot, huh? Why not? Sure, why not? Uh, take the right or left hand of a felon who is hanging from a gibbet. Beside a highway, which I assume is sort of like a pike or, uh, you know, a, um, a pole. It's the thing that people are hung from or hanged from. Yeah, they would need a little crane bit at the top, right? Right. To allow for proper hanging. Um, so a gibbet beside a highway. Apparently highways were lousy with these things back in the day of uh, just hanged criminal bodies just littering the side of the, the road. Wrap it in part of a funeral pall, which is sort of muslin kind of, right? Like a cheesecloth almost material. Uh, and so wrapped, squeeze it well. <laughs> squeeze it well. Then put it in an earthenware vessel with zimet, nitre, salt, and long peppers. Um, the whole well powdered. I'm assuming nitrate is sort of like nitrate, like things that are like a preservative, right? Yeah, exactly. Potassium nitrate. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? 
Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonneville's. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. Well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. So we've got our marinade here. And uh, the author of Little Albert says, Leave it in this vessel for a fortnight, then take it out and expose it to full sunlight during the dog days, the hot, sultry days of July and early August, until it becomes quite dry. If the sun is not strong enough, then put it in an oven with fern and vervain. Next, make a candle from the fat of a gibbeted felon, virgin wax, sesame, and pony, P-O-N-I-E, and use the hand of glory as a candlestick to hold this candle when lighted, and then those in every place into which you go with this baneful instrument shall remain motionless. <laughs> I love the word vervain. 
put it in an oven with fern and vervain. I'm assuming it's another kind of herb of some sort. This all sounds, the way this is described with, you know, the uh, the long peppers and the herbs and spices. Casserole doesn't vibe. Sound, doesn't sound too bad, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, the turns of phrase here are, are epic. Gibbeted, give me a break. Virgin wax, sesame and, and pony. I don't know what pony is, but it sounds really uh, whimsical. Yeah, we'll get to this. Uh, it, it is interesting because there are vagaries in this description, kind of like um, George Washington's weird instructions for his, uh, what was that, eggnog? Eggnog, the boozy, boozy eggnog. <laughs> um, yeah, it's almost like his magic stuff isn't an exact science. Oh, Wow. How could you say something so brave yet so controversial? Hot take, I know. <laughs> uh, so, what was the point? Okay, what was like? What did this magical, disgusting, creepy mummy hand give the bearer? It's a great question. In old European folklore, the hand of glory was specifically useful for thieves. It functioned as a kind of grisly skeleton key. So one of the powers was uh, attributed to it was the idea that it could unlock any door it came across, but that wasn't the main power, right? Wait, like, so do you jam its little mummy finger into the lock? Unclear. Unclear. (laughs) You hold it up, so you have to light it somehow, whether you're lighting the tips of the fingers or whether you have it holding that candle made of human fat. The idea, I think, is that you hold it to the door and the door's like, oh, tight and then opens you know i definitely now that you're saying it like this i i feel like i've seen a finger candle mummy thing as set dressing and like tales from the crypt or something like that or some spooky laboratory scene you know or a wizard's lair or what have you but here's the thing yeah to unlock the full potential of the hand of glory, you have to kind of, uh, there, there's some really specific um, orders of operation to the whole procedure. Earlier, we mentioned the basic criteria was that it came from a hanged criminal. Um, presumably, if you just happened upon this hanged criminal, you wouldn't really know what crime this this person had committed. Uh, so a little extra knowledge goes a long way, as we know. So we've talked about the basics of, of, of a hand of glory uh, from Lil Albert, you know, his his was pretty, it was, I would say that's the most like kind of 101 version of, of making a hand of glory. But it turns out to really get the full, you know, bang for your, your morbid buck, there's a kind of an order of operations, sort of a, a ghastly combo of sorts, right? Uh, ben, you found this story. Um, I think it makes sense for you to kind of walk us through some of the options here uh, and some of the more elaborate versions of this uh, device. Ah, yes. Yes, you do have uh, more than one option with a hand of glory. You know, it's kind of like how there are different flavors of M&Ms. They're they're all still M&Ms, but they have, you know, different strokes for different folks. You could have a hand of glory uh, wherein that human fat candle is somehow placed on the hand or embedded in it. And in that version, the hand has the power to render everyone who sees it motionless, other than presumably the magician or criminal holding it. And then in another version, just the human fat is not good enough. You also have to take the dead criminal's hair and use that as the wick of the candle. 
In that version, when you burn this candle, you get a light that's invisible to everyone else other than the person holding the hands. There's also the idea that you could just light the tips of the fingers that would provide the same powers. But, you know, individual mileage may vary. That's right. And the fingertip light version is the is the is the one that I kind of picture as like set dressing material for, you know, some kind of like macabre B movie or something like that, like an Elvira type situation. Ben, back to the human hair real quick. Uh that's kind of gross. Not that any of this stuff isn't gross, but yeah. I mean, what do you like you wax it up a little bit so it sort of burns slower? Cause in my experience, human hair just kind of goes up in a poof, you know? Don't know that it would slow burn unless you treated it in some way. Maybe, uh, like I said, coated it in, in wax like you would a, a wick. That's smart. I like that you're solution-oriented here. I also think it's hilarious that that's the line for you. Uh, for me, the uh, human human hair just smells terrible when it burns, you know? It does smell terrible, yeah. Like, I can't imagine that human fat smells particularly appetizing when you burn it either. These are questions that uh, our pal Little Albert does not explain. I'm having such a hard time saying uh, Petit Albert or Little Albert without doing a baby voice. It's just the most ridiculous name for like a Necronomicon book. Right. It has zero gravitas. (laughs) It makes me think of Lil Abner or uh, Prince Albert, perhaps. (laughs) Two very different things. Different Alberts. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Um, And again... We've got a couple of different potential powers that come along with this thing. I I love the idea of the skeleton key. Uh, Don't quite understand the logistics of it. Does it magically just give you like mystical lock picking powers or do you actually cram the finger into the lock? Remember that movie House? I always remember seeing the the box of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I never saw it. It Actually, I've seen clips and it's very bad. But the box freaked me out when I was a kid because there's this severed hand. Reaching for a doorbell? Yeah. No, there's one with a key, though. There's there's a a, a sequel where the finger is a key and it's going into the lock or something like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm making that up. No, they made like like four or five house movies. Yeah, exactly. I never saw the original because it was rated R and I was too young to rent it. But House 2 was like PG or PG-13. So I watched that one. It was terrible. That's pretty forward thinking. I didn't think they did PG-13 horror movies until more like the the uh, Japanese horror reboot period glory days Ooh, of the early aughts. Yeah. They did. I mean, there's a great calculation here. This may be more appropriate for you guys, other show Movie Crush, but uh, there's quite a successful franchising trend uh, in which you start off with straight up horror. And then as you get to the sequels, it becomes increasingly camp and increasingly comedic, right? Evil Dead. And I feel like that's what happened with House because it, it seemed like it was more of a legit horror movie, maybe the first one. But the second one was just kind of all over the place and silly. So that, that could have been what happened there. Also, there's a hand of glory in Angel Heart, which I think I mentioned uh, in a previous episode um, with Mickey Rourke and Robert De Niro as a very, like, as the devil who went to a nail salon, basically. Yeah, and he's got a really on-the-nose, like, human name that basically means the devil. What is it? Is it like an anagram or something really, like, obvious and dumb like that? It's almost as bad as, like, Mr. Nataz or something. (laughs) Uh, By the way, the the house box, it it is ringing the doorbell, but you could see in my memory of of a child, seeing this as a child, you could very easily mistake it for a a finger going into a lock because it's sort of a profile shot of this like severed hand and now that i'm looking at 
and it is ringing like an old timey doorbell, but it also kind of looks like a doorknob and the finger is bony on the tip and it makes me think of like a key situation. So well, no, yeah, the, the cover for house two, it is a key. So I think you, mm. you're remembering it properly. You just oh, saw house shoot. two instead of house one. Oh, okay. Oh my okay. God. You guys, I, I just, I just remembered Robert De Niro's character's name in Angel Heart is Louis Cipher. Oof. Louis, oh, yes, yes. That's brutal. <laughs> Louis Cipher. I knew that's, it. That's right up there with like, and here's our newest visitor from Europe, Professor Alucard. Yes. <laughs> or Fad Evil. <laughs> Professor Thaddeus Evil. (laughs) Yes. I think it's unfair that you're accusing Mr. Antagonist of no foul play of some sort. How dare you, (laughs) sir? Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. (laughs) Well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. 
You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. You've seen the Hand of Glory before in fiction, even if you didn't know what it was. It's in great comic books like The Invisibles, which I highly recommend. It's uh, clearly that cover of House is kind of a callback to it, right? It's a severed hand attempting to open a door. Uh, and of course, many of our fellow ridiculous historians in the audience today are shouting, I know like a particular thing where I've seen this, Angel Heart, or of course, The Wicker Man, 1973 version. But this has some other oddly specific powers too, right? Mm -hmm. There's one other one that we should mention. Absolutely. And I was actually getting to it earlier when we got derailed by the whole house video box finger key uh, <laughs> child memory uh, discussion. But um, one of the other powers is this notion that the hand could uh, put everyone in a house into a deep magical slumber or even something like a coma. And that was so that you could go in and do your dirty work and, and, you know, steal the silver or whatever. Yeah. It's a bit like the broomstick question. It sounds normal if you're used to it, but if you're coming into this new, it's weirdly specific. How on earth did someone conceive of this? It's a tricky question, and the answer might be found in etymology. There's an etymologist named Walter Skeet who says the actual phrase, hand of glory, might be an example of what we call folk etymology. Folk etymology is like when you, uh, over time, see a word or phrase change, because somewhere in the great telephone game of history, people replaced an unfamiliar word or phrase with a more familiar one. And Casey, I thought you would especially like this. The phrase itself derives from a French phrase, uh, man de glory, which is... Yeah, that's what I was thinking, like man de la gloire or something like that, yeah. Exactly. It's a, uh, a corruption of mandrake. And there's a, uh, there's a book called Leechdoms, which is a much less cute name than Little Albert, uh, that describes a mandrake as shining by night altogether like a lamp. And so the phrase got corrupted into the English phrase, hand of glory. But even if that was just like an, an old typo or an old mispronunciation, people believed it. And they started really making these things because it turns out human beings have attributed magical powers to the hands of the dead for a long, long, dare I say, inglorious time. Yeah, and, you know, and, and folks might remember... I think mandrakes were in Harry Potter, but also in uh, uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, there was a whole thing where you put a mandrake root into like a bowl of milk and put it under somebody's bed and it'll end a pregnancy or something. There's all kinds of, it's, 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 this is very similar to that type of magical thinking, you know, or if you, you take a, a, a turnip and peel it using a rusty, you know, spoon once belonging to a hedge knight or something like that. And then you put it in a, 
uh, a mason jar. I'm mixing all this stuff up from history. None of these things existed together at the same time. You get what I'm saying. But the name aside, it turns out that humans have been fascinated with all of this type of stuff, folklore, magical powers, uh, the hands of the dead, all of this for a very, very long time. Uh, in Sharia law, uh, in particular, and in medieval Europe, um, publicly amputating a criminal's body part, often the uh, one used to commit the crime, was a particularly <laughs> potent form of punishment. It certainly sent a message, and the pain was part of the punishment, but also the uh, it marked you. It was like a scarlet letter of sorts, um, so people would know that you were a thief or, or what have you. Mm -hmm. And it was a warning to any other people in the crowd who may have considered violating the laws. This is very, very old. It dates back to uh, what the first like, written code of laws that we know of, the Code of Hammurabi. Uh, that's the Babylonian Code of Laws that dates back to ancient Mesopotamia, what we call Iraq today. The sixth Babylonian king, Hammurabi, wrote down this set of laws that date somewhere back like into 1772 BCE, somewhere around there. It's one of the oldest translated writings in the world. It has 282 laws, some of which are very, very harsh, uh, and it has scaled penalties. One of those things is the famous or infamous eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. So you steal the bread. The hand that has uh, committed the offense is removed. And we see these commonalities, some of the same things you're talking about, the idea of punishment of like for like and the belief in sympathetic magic. The logic here is what better way to perform a successful robbery than to enlist the help of a former thief? I have a huge problem with this logic, you guys, because technically, aren't you getting the help of a very unsuccessful thief? A thief so unsuccessful that they got caught and executed? Yeah, it's true. Uh, I, I didn't really think about that, Ben, but you have a good point there. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't necessarily have to do with the skill of the individual. It's just more what they represent, you know? Mm -hmm. A lot of this is, a, is all about optics, right? It's all about representation or the idea of a, you know— Let's say you needed like a, a squirrel or something as an ingredient for some sort of potion. It wouldn't necessarily have to be like the most virile squirrel in the entire universe. Just a squirrel will do. Any thief will do for this situation. Skills be damned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely uh, <laughs> that's definitely the approach that uh, folks were taking when they were practicing this magic. And without spoiling it, we do have some stuff that we'll get to toward the end of today's episode that shows you what makes the Hand of Glory different from so many other grisly stories of magical items. But back to those creepy hands. Mm -hmm. So little Albert's helpfulness aside, uh, there was a lot of debate about the instructions, even when uh, the book first came out. Go back to the word pony, P-O-N-I-E, for instance. Does that word refer to horse dung or is it a specific type of sesame? People were still were fighting over the interpretation of the original French. Was it du sesame et de la pony, which is horse uh, or was it du sesame de la pony, uh, sesame of Lapland? Two very different things. 
I'm definitely leaning more towards the horse uh, excrements here. Lapland, how does that even make sense? How could you use lap, the whole of Lapland in your recipe? Um, one, one tiny backtrack, I just want to bring this up, blast from the past. Didn't Josh Clark used to have the nickname Josh Creepy Hands Clark? Did I make that up? Jonathan Strickland, the, the the quizzer, used to call him Josh Creepy Hands Clark. That was that was probably my fault, actually. Really? Well, you know, I am with nicknames. Oh yeah. <laughs> but wh- where does this come from, though? Better does he have particularly odd looking hands? Are they small? <laughs> uh, I can't remember. Uh, this dates back to possibly the brain stuff days. So when I was running the writing side of brain stuff videos uh, and we had a bunch of a bunch of our colleagues coming in as hosts uh casey you and i were working on this uh in the past uh i also read a lot of the youtube comments along with our pal lauren vogelbaum and we'd have to respond to some of these questions and such and one of my favorite weird questions uh was on a video that josh did one time again years and years ago where they said uh how come his hands are so weird, but his arms are normal? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I still don't know what they meant by that. Uh-huh. I got it. How the hand, okay. He doesn't have weird hands. He has normal, beautiful person hands. Okay. Just making sure. I just, I'm sorry. It just came to mind um, talking about all these this creepy hand stuff. Well, in the words of uh, Britney Spears, oops, we did it again. I'm trying to think of a severed hand pun for uh, a Britney Spears lyric. Mm. It's not coming to mind immediately. You but played uh, with get, my hand? Is that a thing? Or is no, that a, that sounds, like that, played with my heart? No, that's Isn't that Backstreet else. Boys? Oh, yeah, that's right. Stop playing games with my hand. That's good. <laughs> there we go. That's good save, good. Not, Casey. Not Britney Spears, but it'll do. It'll do. Gotta hand it to you, Casey. Uh, <laughs> this is... This is, has turned into a two-part episode. Uh, we've got some more stuff on the way. We've got some surprising revelations uh, in the modern day, and we're just scratching the surface of morbid magical items, this one in particular. Yep, scratching the surface with a creepy, cursed uh, mummy hand. That's what we're doing. But we'll be back to do more surface scratching. Mm. That sounds weird but I'm going to leave it. Um, In the meantime, you can check us out on social media. We're Ridiculous History on Instagram and Twitters and Facebook and all the things. Uh, We like to point people to the Ridiculous Historians, our fan page, dare we say community, on Facebook, where you too can share silly history memes and have conversations with your fellow Ridiculous Historians. Yes, Yes, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, We'd also like to give some shout-outs. Thanks, as always, to Alex the Abomination Williams. I'm doing it. We're doing nicknames. uh, Who composed our track. Uh, Thanks to uh, Casey the Crypt Keeper Pegram. Huge thanks to Christopher Hacksaw Hasiotis uh, here in Ghostly Spirit, looming over us like some sort of sinister fog. And uh, we were we were looking for a good nickname for Eves. Casey, you, you knocked it out of the park. Just you can't go wrong with the alliteration. So Eves, Jack O' Lantern, Jeff Coat. And who is Halloween? We kept that one in. <laughs> I love it. I'm I'm using it. I mean, I, I you know, it's it's it's, it's like you've seen that the new Adam Sandler movie Hubie. Mm-hmm. I want to see it. I haven't watched it yet. I watched it. It was you know dumb, but. 
cute and entertaining. I very much enjoyed it. Actually, it's it's, it's you know just dirt stupid, but uh, he's he's like a kind of he's basically the water boy uh, who who really likes Halloween, but mm-hmm. uh, inexplicably is terrified of every part of it. But loves it. But like you know, goes into like existential fits of horror if someone like spooks him or, or like wears creepy makeup. And yet he adores Halloween. But he's more in it for like you know keeping the kids safe. I, it's a little confusing the character, but that could be a Halloween. You know, someone who really just digs Halloween, like David S. Pumpkins. You know. Yeah, I'm thinking also maybe uh, Wayne's World special, Halloween's World. Mm-hmm, that's good. Also true story apparently adam sandler wants to take all of his characters and build out a shared cinematic universe with them does that mean like there's multiple adam sandler characters that exist in the same world all like played by adam sandler the man has the range for it Uh, (laughs) you you certainly could call it that (laughs) uh yeah 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 so maybe it's like you know the nutty professor kind of vibe but uh good luck to you adam uh, and we'll we'll see you on the flip side. Uh, thanks also, of course, to Jonathan uh, Jonathan Strickland, aka the Spookster. Ooh, thank you, Casey. Oh, sorry, no, no, sorry, no. I'm sorry. I thought no, I thought you were going somewhere. I thought it was going to be Jonathan Strickland, the Spookster. Something else. I'm sorry. I, I I completely left you hanging on that one, Ben. I was I was thinking Jonathan Scarecrow Strickland. Yeah, also an option. He is a little gaunt and uh, and and sinister. Uh, I will say that. We'll see you next time, folks, to talk about more spooky, creepy hand stuff on Ridiculous History. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.